When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Stella Ray Herself podcast. New episodes every Thursday. If you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, follow, and take an aesthetic pic or boomerang or screenshot of you listening. Post it on your IG story and tag me so I can repost. And thank you so much to everyone that's been listening, chatting in the Discord, reposting. I appreciate all of you. So today I'm super excited to announce we have a guest. Today we have on Talia Delju, who is an inner child and life direction coach. We had an amazing conversation. I honestly left this convo feeling so just connected and inspired. And she had so many great takes on topics that I like to discuss a lot. So I hope you guys enjoy as much as I do. And let's go ahead and get started. Hi, Talia. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so glad to be here. And I feel like we've got so many different things we want to talk about, so I'm really excited to see where we go and how we can help whoever's listening today. Yeah, I'm so excited, and it just, looking over your page, seems like you're very aligned. I was just telling you this, but very aligned with things I like to talk about and that my listeners, viewers are interested in, so I'm just so excited to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I kind of just want to tell everybody the three different topics that we listed and then talk about the theme just at the at the top of the podcast episode here because I I would say it's safe to assume most people don't think they're related in the way that they actually Mm -hmm. really are from my perspective so I'm just like background wise I'm a life coach I've been doing this work for over 10 years I have a background in psychology and a bunch of other modalities when it comes to to coaching and supporting people through change And so when you and I were speaking, the three topics that you brought up were toxic positivity, people pleasing, and basically like how to navigate change. Like after something happens or ends, how to like figure out what's next and move through that transition. The theme that so quickly became obvious to me and apparent to me is the capacity that we have or maybe don't have to be with discomfort. I'll explain that for each one and then we'll kind of just dig in. Um, So the toxic positivity one, as, as someone who was, I feel like I can confidently say like raised in a culture of, in a family culture of toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. um, Again, what is that about? That's about our lack of capacity to be with quote unquote negative emotion. Just put a smile on, just think positive, just, you know, like say the affirmations, just be happy, just be grateful. That comes as a pattern within an environment that doesn't know how to be with difficult feelings, negative feelings, discomfort, right? The second one, the people-pleasing, is about our inability to, again, be with discomfort. I don't want to make the other person feel uncomfortable or bad or sad. I don't want to make them think something negative about me. So in my way of protecting them from feeling negative, but also me from feeling negative, I'd rather just please. Mm -hmm. So again, like we're just trying to protect ourselves from negative emotion, discomfort. And then... The other one that I see a lot in my practice, because I do see a lot of people who are coming to me with this question of like, well, I don't know what's next. 
I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what's next on my path, my career path, my life path. So many people want the magic pill. They want the answer. They want to know what's next. And again, it's because the being in between is really uncomfortable. There's a lot of question marks. We don't know how to be in that place of not knowing, of confusion. Like it, it's scary to be in that place. It's threatening to our sense of identity to be in that place. And so I think again, hopefully that's clear, but like the theme to me is all of these are just symptoms of our inability to be with discomfort and our judgments of negative emotion. And I use air quotes for negative emotion and I'll, we'll probably talk about why, but, um, high level, that's kind of what I see this conversation being about because it touches each of these things in a very potent way. Yeah, that's so true. And just in my own, you know, work, life work and Mm -hmm. researching these things, it's so interesting how interconnected they all are, or even just, you know, with mental health struggles and like how they manifest in your life and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's like, you'll think you'll be dealing with one thing and then it's also linked to this thing and just everything is so connected. So I like that you brought that up. You know, I think it it also goes to just like the way we label. And that's why I was using air quotes, like the way we label emotion, the way we judge our experiences internally, right? It's like good or bad, positive or negative. And the minute a negative emotion comes up, it's like, nope, turn the other way. Or we don't do this around here. Or We don't want to make anyone else feel this way. And it's a lot of just like self, that's when the self-rejection and the self-abandonment and the self-neglect starts to happen because we're kind of like turning a blind eye at what's going on inside, hoping that, you know, just putting that smile on is going to fix everything. When in reality, there's a part of us that's like, hello, you just rejected me. Hello, I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling shame or I'm feeling whatever it is and you're not showing up for me like i need you would you say that's where we see a lot of different coping mechanisms for Um, sure i feel like a lot of them are so normalized like it's it can be difficult to even get into this or like learn about it and explore more just because it's not very widely accepted or even known about like it's everywhere in media in yeah like our families how we grew up yeah there there is a lot of reinforcement externally right? that's the word yes right like this reinforces toxic positivity this reinforces people pleasing this it's like okay well i guess this is just the way we are this is the way we do things and it beca- and that's kind of the the challenge in a lot of this stuff is that whether it's toxic positivity or people pleasing or whatever else because it gets reinforced, we start to, it becomes just like the way we operate, right? And it becomes familiar, it becomes comfortable, it becomes something we can control, it becomes something we can predict. So it makes us feel in a twisted kind of way, a little bit safe in those patterns because yeah, maybe people pleasing isn't like the best thing, but I did it yesterday and I know how that turned out. And I, and I feel like I made it through the day. So in some ways, if I do the same thing that I did yesterday, tomorrow, and I know how yesterday turned out, I can control how tomorrow will turn out. Right. So it's like our way of avoiding, again, back to the like not knowing. We don't like not knowing. Not knowing is terrifying. We jump to worst case scenario. So we do everything in our power to control any situation and feel like 
ourselves again. It's like, oh yeah, but I'm just a people pleaser. So when you people please, you're like, here I am. Yep, this this feels right. It's a part of my identity. You know what I mean? Totally. So you're a coach, specifically inner child coach or just kind of life? Both. Like they go hand in hand. Uh, So my work for the past 10 years has been in what I would just now call like life direction. So trying to figure out what's next, feeling a little bit lost on your path, don't know who you are anymore, don't know what you want, don't know what's next. And what I've seen after all these years is a very common theme, which is the inner child. And the inner child is that part of us that in times of not knowing, in times of transition, in times of change, in times of uncertainty, that's when the voice of our inner child gets loud. That's the part of us that needs to know. That's the part of us that needs answers. That's the part of us that needs to be comforted and needs to know that we are safe. So for a long time, I did a lot of work with folks on, I don't want to say a surface level, but it was a lot of like self-discovery and career exploration. And let's talk about the, you know, the different things that you're thinking about. And what I've come to realize in the past couple of years is these fears and these doubts and these patterns come from somewhere, right? Like you didn't just wake up one day thinking that I'm not worthy. Like that thought came from somewhere. There was an experience that you had when you were three, when you were five, when you were 10, and it might've lasted 10 seconds. This does not mean you had trauma. And this is like one of the big things that I feel very passionate about with inner child work is that oftentimes people come to me and they're like, no, I had the best childhood. Like, yes, you know, there were like some things that happened, but like, I didn't have trauma. I didn't have pain. I didn't have, you know, it wasn't bad. I didn't have a difficult upbringing. My parents were great, you know, all things considered. That doesn't mean that you went without having some sort of experience growing up or multiple that made you believe certain things about yourself. Beliefs like I am capable or I'm not capable. Beliefs like my feelings matter. My feelings don't matter. As someone who grew up within a family culture of toxic positivity, again, my parents thought they were doing the best, right? They just wanted us to be happy all the time. But anytime somebody would say to me, you should just be happy, how I internalized that as a child was, oh, I guess my feelings don't matter. Oh, I guess the only way I can show up is with a smile and this like facade that everything's okay. And that I carried that with me into adulthood. That's the inner child work that I do with people. Because again, can you see how that, even when it comes to career decisions, like if you're not allowing yourself to tune into what you want and what your needs are and what you're feeling, that's going to affect the decisions you make about what you do, what you don't do, who you date, what you eat. Like it affects everything. It touches everything. And so for me now, I'm like, life direction, inner child work, career, like whatever it is, we have to look at the place that these beliefs that you hold about yourself and life and the world and other people, like where did that come from? Whether it was a moment or a period of your life, that's where the real, the real work and the digging has to happen because we could sit here all day and say, no, I am worthy. And here are 10 reasons why. No, I shouldn't people please. And here are 10 reasons why like that mindset level work is not going to create the long-term sustainable change. There is a part of you that believes the exact opposite to be true to the core of its being. We're just lying to ourselves. That's how it feels at least. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, I know logically as the adult person that I am that 
I am capable, I am worthy, my feelings matter, I'm allowed to feel whatever I feel, and then the part of me inside is like, no. <laughs> yeah. but, but no, that's not what we learned, that's not my experience. And every time I try to tell her that she should just be happy, she's like, basically there's like an inner rebellion, right? She's like, no, that's like, I get to feel what I want to feel. I'll pause because <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> no, that is, that's just so refreshing though, you know, because there's just so many, so much of that out there, like the affirmations and yeah, the whole toxic positivity thing. And it's just like, people wonder why it doesn't work. It's invalidating, right? Mm -hmm. Toxic positivity. If we just pull that one out, it's like this idea that we should always be happy. I mean, there's so much, right? It's like, there's this assumption that there's no value in our negative emotion. There's this assumption that like happiness is the goal when like, it's just a, it's just a feeling that yes. <laughs> comes yes. in us, right? right? Like, and I actually asked this question on Instagram the other day and I hosted a workshop last week on the three mistakes that we make on our personal growth journey. And I do want to share the three of them because they feel super relevant to what we're talking about. Uh, but the question I had asked was if somebody came to you, somebody that you trusted, okay, came to you and said, here's a magic pill. It promises you happiness for the rest of your life. Like the only thing you will feel, like we're all running around. We all want to be happy. Here's, here's the pill to be happy forever. It's the only thing you will feel. Would you take the pill? No. But there is a part of everyone that's like, yeah, give me that shit. Like, right? Like, I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to feel pain. I don't want to feel discomfort. I don't want to feel sad. I don't want to feel just, I just want to be happy all the time. But when I, when I like honestly ask people this question, they're like, no, I guess not. Yeah. Which is interesting because the way we move through the world makes it seem like we would very much take the pill if we had the opportunity to. And so the three mistakes that, I talked about that people make on their journey of personal growth and healing. The first is one that I already talked about, the level at which they're doing the work. Most of us stay on the mindset level. Change your thoughts, it'll change your life. Just think this, and it's like, yeah, but no. <laughs> that like works to some capacity, but it doesn't get to the inner child part of us that to its core believes the opposite, right? The second thing that we get wrong are the expectations and the assumptions we have about what the path looks like, right? We all have this idea that it's a linear path and we're always moving up and there's never a bad day and that one day we're gonna get there and be healed forever and be happy forever and then we'll be done with the work. Also, no, <laughs> like that's also not the way it looks, right? And if you were to zoom out, this was the question I asked everybody, if you were to zoom out and look at the trajectory of your life, would you agree that cumulatively you've been on an upward trajectory? Most people say yes, if not everybody's like, okay, I could see that if I took a step back and like looked at the light, like the, the lifetime, generally we like things have been, I've been growing, I've been getting better and, and it's been moving upward. And if I zoom in to the like dots on the line, it's, up, down, up, down, 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 up, up, down, up, up, right? It's like when I zoom into the day-to-day, -day, I've got bad days, I've got good days, and everything in between. But that doesn't mean it's not working. That doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. That doesn't mean that you're not growing. It's just life, right? People are like, oh, I just had a negative thought again. I'm like, yeah, you're going to be having those for the rest of your fucking life. Welcome to being human. Like, that's not the goal. <laughs>
Yeah. The goal is not to reach the state where you like only think positive thoughts and you're only happy all the time. Like that's manic. That's disordered thinking. Yeah. Third mistake is the reason or the motivation for doing the work. Mm. So most people come to the work do the work their motivation for it is judgment i'm not good enough something's wrong with me something's broken i need to be fixed something needs to be solved i need to find the answer so that i can like get better yeah i need to be better i need to be my best self which means that right now i'm my worst self right like it's a lot of judgment and a lot of like i'm doing this because where i am and who i am is not good enough Mm-hmm. Which, again, if that's the place from which you're showing up to do the work, you're only making it harder because you're adding judgment onto judgment, right? It's, it's just a big judgment party. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's the third. And, and we could unpack each of those, like, for a week. But, you know, I think <laughs> ultimately it's really asking yourself, like, why am I doing the work? What yeah. is the expectation I'm placing on myself? And am I willing to go deeper into the places that maybe feel uncomfortable that I've been distracting myself from or avoiding and finding these coping mechanisms for like, can I find the right person to hold me in a safe space to actually explore what's really going on here in a way that uproots some of these core beliefs that are perpetuating toxic positivity, people pleasing, and any avoidance of discomfort, that's where we've got to go. I love this. I'm like taking notes (laughs) mentally. Like, this is so good. (laughs) Yeah, this is a coaching session. (laughs) This might be a loaded question, but where do you recommend people start? So many ways to answer this question. I've got like practical resources to turn people to and like books, but I also would say the most helpful, I'm going to share a perspective and a framework for anyone who's like, okay, how do I start? Where do I start? How do I do this in a way that actually like feels good and works? The first thing to consider, and this is going to be a little bit like abstract in terms of a concept and then we can kind of unpack it. But the first thing to consider is this idea that, and this is based in something called internal family systems. It's a, it's a part of kind of what informs my coaching practice. And it's this idea that I am like at the core of my being, there is this like authentic self, right? You can call this your soul. You can call this your higher self. You can call this your true self. This is the part of you that is undamaged, the part of you that is untouched, the part of you that is whole, the part of you that is perfect, the part of you that is just like your, your essence. Okay. And then around you, and if you you can think of this as almost like, my visual is always the solar system. You are the sun, you are the center of the system. And then surrounding the sun, we've got all these different planets and all these different planets are all these different parts of your system. Okay, so I've got me and then I've got the people pleaser. I've got Mm -hmm. the perfectionist, I've got the inner critic, I've got the, um, I've got the, you know, um, the controller, I've got the, lover I've got it's like I've got all these like little parts of me that are kind of like people themselves Mm -hmm. (laughs) with their own thoughts and their own feelings and their own fears the inner child is a part of me the um, inner champion the inner advocate right there I've got a team of like I've got a team of parts yeah and we call them parts okay so I've got all these different parts of me and 
my my most helpful practical piece of of not even like advice but for anyone who's wanting to understand kind of like who's a part of who's on your team like mm-hmm. what are you working with what are these different voices to start creating a visual map for yourself anytime you notice a voice or a part of you pop up it's like okay so i've got I've definitely got an inner critic we're gonna put her right here and before you know it you could do this in five minutes you'll start to get a pretty clear picture of again who's at the table and, and what's a part of your internal like operating system and from that point it becomes kind of a practice of getting to know each other it's like okay every time i'm with my family my inner my inner uh i guess people pleaser the part of me that's like nope smile so they're happy right mm-hmm. that's when my inner people pleaser shows up so it's kind of like a process of taking notes like gathering data being the observer being the um, kind of like note taker of your own life and be like, okay, so this part shows up here. I'm noticing this part of me feeling really afraid of being judged right now. I'm noticing a part of me and that just that language, getting into the practice of saying, I'm noticing a part of me versus I'm people pleasing. I'm this, I'm that. It's like, no, you aren't, but a part of you is. And when we can kind of create that separation and distinction it gives us a little bit of space to just get a little curious and like aware of what's happening. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. It's so much less judgmental. Yes, it's like, oh, it's not me, but it is a part of me. And it probably, if you were to sit down and understand like why this part of you is scared, why this part of you is people pleasing, nine times out of 10, you will know exactly why. But it's like, yeah, it makes sense to me that this part of me feels like she needs to put a smile on right now. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to me. Those five words, (laughs) like, (laughs) let's learn how to count. Those five words are the most healing, validating, helpful words you can say to yourself anytime, anywhere. When you notice these patterns, these negative, quote unquote, negative thoughts, whatever it is, to recognize, okay, the part of me is showing up right now. This part of me is feeling activated. This part of me is getting loud. This part of me is feeling triggered. It makes sense to me, right? Because what we're doing in that moment is validating. It's like, no, I totally get why you're feeling this way. And that's when the inner dialogue really gets to begin. That's where the work really starts to happen. When we start connecting and then healing and parenting and mothering these parts of us that really just like need us to help. The last thing I'll offer here as well, and I just had a session earlier today with a client who at the end of it, she was like, this one thing just changed my entire life, is if you were to consider that every part of you, your inner people pleaser, your inner critic, your inner whatever, If you were to consider that every part of you has a positive intention for you, every part of you has positive intent. It wants something good for you. It's just trying to help. Like her part that we talked about in our session today was her, the controller. It's like the part of her that wants to control everything. She doesn't let anybody else take care of anything because she learned, her inner child learned that she can't rely on adults to be capable and get shit done. Yeah. <laughs> so she can't let people show up for her because she's 
so convinced that they won't because they didn't, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so for her, we were talking through this controller part of her and when it shows up and what it's really afraid of. And at the end, I was like, what is it that this part really wants for you? And she was like, oh, this part, <laughs> right? It's like this part just wants me to be okay. It just wants me to be safe. It just wants me to... It just wants me to be okay. I realize what it's been doing. I realize that it's just been trying to protect me. I realize that it's just been trying to help. I realize that it's been so afraid of not controlling everything because if it doesn't, it's afraid that shit's gonna hit the fan, nothing's ever gonna get done, I'm gonna be left alone, no one's gonna show up for me, so I'd rather just be the one that shows up for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was like, great, my work here is done, right? Like. <laughs> But like, what an important shift. I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to be curious. I'm starting to have compassion for these parts of me that otherwise really frustrate me and that I judge all the time and that I like really can't stand. But if I'm able to recognize like what they're actually trying to do, then we can start working together. Then they can start trusting me. Then I can start being in charge of my life instead of having them kind of like sabotage and run the show from behind the scenes. That's when it gets fun. I'm like speechless. (laughs) That was so good. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. <laughs> no, that's yeah. so true, though. Yeah. And the practical, the one kind of practical, if somebody wants a more guided, um, like, where to start doing the work, I do have a five-day inner child challenge that just kind of gets you familiar with the different parts of you and the different voices and what needs were maybe not met in your early life. So that's, I'm happy to share a link to that. It's just a five day, like you'll get an email once a day and it gives you some prompts and some exercises and it's a lot of fun and a good place to start. Yeah. Love that. Um, I feel like sometimes inner child, like that phrase can be kind of trendy in the sense of like, Oh, I guess my question is how much of it, is like oh i'm like i'll see tiktoks like i'm buying my favorite toy to heal my inner child yeah um how much of you of it would you say is that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like i i want to say more superficial i don't know if it would be considered all the way that but leaning more that way versus dealing with emotions (laughs) yeah that's a great question Um, And that is a place where I see, I'm not on TikTok. I know everyone's like, why? You should definitely be on TikTok. But we need this wisdom over there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do see a lot of people when they talk about inner child. So I I see inner child stuff being talked about in two ways. One is in the very much like trauma informed way. You need to heal your inner child if you've had, you know, trauma in your life. And then I see a lot of people talking about inner child in, in a very kind of like light play. Like we should, we should always make sure we leave room for play and leave room for like tapping into your inner creativity and like having fun. And both are 
great. Both are valid, both are necessary, yes. And the, mm, the, I guess I'll use the word challenge. I don't wanna say danger. But if you were like, okay, I'm going to do some, I'm going to heal my inner child. I'm going to go to Target and buy some Play-Doh. Right. <laughs> like I, I went to Target. I, listen, last week I did a Target run. I bought all of these things for my inner child. And I do like a once a week, I do like a little inner child date. But that came after weeks and months of deep, deep emotional, like, accessing emotional wounds, accessing memories, acts like it, that came, that part's the maintenance. That's what I want to say. The play and the creativity is your way of continuing to show up for your inner child after you've done the work with her. But to think that like, and again, that yes, like it can't hurt. Of course, it'll be fun to like go do something that your inner child would love, but that's not going to I don't want to say it's not going to heal because in, in many ways it's healing to do that. It's fun to do that, but it can also be a way of bypass. It can also be a way of like avoiding the real work. It's like, Oh, but I'm doing this. It's like, yeah, but you still have to go into the places that you really don't want to go for good reason. Mm -hmm. Like there is a reason why we don't go there. It's a, it's a lot. It can be really overwhelming, which is why like, it's important to find somebody who can guide you through a process where you can connect to your inner child and have it be facilitated so that you're not getting overwhelmed by the pain or the trauma, however big or small, or the emotions. Cause that's, that's really where people stop. It's like, Oh, it's just going to be yeah. too much. Like, Oh, I don't want to feel all of that. It's like, okay, actually, if you do it in the right way, you don't have to feel it. You can witness it. You can sense it. You can understand it, but you don't have to like be overwhelmed by it and have it become like you're reliving the experience. We're not trying to relive anything. We're just trying to mm, understand it and have compassion for it. And I get that that's a little abstract, but there is a very like specific literal six step way to do that without it becoming too much so I get why people would rather just go and buy the toys and like do the thing which again nothing wrong with that but that's not the only piece how would you say or how do I want to phrase this the question I wrote down is how do we differentiate between optimism and hope mm. and there then toxic positivity and I kind of wanted to bring it back to what you were talking about earlier as far as why someone would start, you know, their journey of healing or however you want to phrase it. Um, you know, the reason being almost like a negative one, but how do we go about it in like a positive way without yeah. being like a toxic positivity yeah. way? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like there were a couple things in that. So the first thing was like differentiating between toxic positivity, optimism, and hope. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with this question, by the way. Thanks. You're putting me on the spot and I, <laughs> I, we're going to, let's unpack that. Um, and then your other question was like, how do you go about this work without, without the toxic positivity? 
I guess almost like what is the what is a healthy mindset to start? Perfect. Great question. Love these. There's actually research, like actual research done on the difference of these things and I I want to be like accurate in my response, but I'm going to answer this less from the research and more from just like my personal thoughts. <laughs> Um, mostly because I don't want to misquote anything and I can't fully kind of recall everything about it right now, but there's something called, I think it's called like fuzzy, fuzzy optimism is what it's this concept that they researched. And the difference to me between, why don't we start here? Let's start by defining. Mm -hmm. Let's start by defining toxic positivity to me is about the avoidance, the denial, and the mm, judgment of reality. I like that. Optimism and hope, I'm going to bunch them together first and then we'll kind of look at the difference between those two, but optimism and hope are still rooted in reality. Ooh. I like that. That makes sense to me. Does that make sense to you? No, yeah, totally. Yeah, like optimism, like I can be optimistic about something, but I'm not lying to myself about what's in front of me. Yes. Toxic positivity, I am lying to myself. Yes. <laughs> or I'm being told to lie and not be fully honest about what I'm feeling. Yeah. yeah. So that's totally. the difference. It's, it's either the acceptance of or the rejection of whatever your reality is in that moment. Yeah. Ooh. Nailed it. Um, thank you. And the difference between optimism and hope. Okay, hold on. I don't have an answer right now, but I'm going to I'm going to half bake. This is going to be half baked. If I'm optimistic about something, I'm willing to see that it can work out. I'm willing to see a different perspective, a higher perspective. Hope for me is more about like hoping for something is a belief in the possibility of it. I'm curious what you think is the difference. I almost feel like, and I don't even know if this is, if once I say it out loud, it's gonna make sense, but I almost feel like hope is like a belief and optimism is like a mindset, even though those can like be the same things. Hope is like something, but then optimism is like a filter through which I'm seeing things. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, like I have to be, like being optimistic allows me to have hope. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of go hand in hand in that way. That was really insightful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, didn't even plan on it. Yeah, very interesting. I'm re there's some stuff I'm reading online, but I don't really like any of it. Um, like this one says, hope is the process of setting goals and following through. I don't agree with that definition at all. While optimism is a positive thought pattern. Yeah, I think I, I liked our answers better. Yeah, same. <laughs> Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
Your second question was about what is like, what is a healthy mindset to have coming into the work? What I would encourage everyone to sit with is your intention for the work. Why are you doing the work? Cause in some ways like that's the mindset, right? It's like, what am I, the place from which I'm doing it, the reason to do it, the mindset coming into it. First clarify for yourself, why are you doing it? Is it because you are broken, you need to be fixed, something is wrong with you? Or is it because blank? Like what's the blank for you? Mm-hmm. Maybe you and I could both answer that for ourselves. Cause I yeah. think it will help kind of illustrate my point, but yeah. Um, yeah. What's your why? Why do you? <laughs> I feel that it would be to have the first thing that comes to mind, you know, without much deep thought <laughs> yeah. is just to have a stronger relationship with myself and with others to have stronger relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. That's a great reason. Yeah. Um, most people I answered, or I asked this question in my workshop last week and most people said the theme that came up and I'm very curious about your thoughts on this because I'm sure in the TikTok world, this is also something you see. I'm so excited. Most people hopped on the bandwagon of best self. I want to be my best self. Oh. I want to live my best life. I have my qualms. Mm. I have my issue. I have my issue with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, partly because it feeds into the culture of toxic positivity. Yes. It's like you can only be happy. You can only be your best. You have to be your best all the time. It's like yeah. the pressure, the pressure. Yeah. I am less concerned about who you are at your best. And I'm more concerned, much more concerned about how you are with yourself on the days where you're at your worst. That to me uh, is healing. That to me is growth. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit how many days of the year you felt happy and you were at your best. I want to know what were you telling yourself? What were you saying to yourself? What were you thinking about yourself on the days inevitably where you were at your lowest or just at a low, right? Mm -hmm. Cause that's going to happen for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's what you make it mean about you when you have that bad day when you have that negative thought when you have that hard emotion. Do you then tell yourself see I'm broken. This isn't working. Nothing I'm doing is enough. It's never going to be better. I'm never going to be good enough. Like, is that where you go? Or do you go to it makes sense to me that I'm having a bad day today. Mm -hmm. I love that I get to feel I love that I get to experience all these parts of being human. I totally understand why a part of me is in a shitty mood today. I literally for a week, a couple weeks ago, every single day journaling to myself, all I had to do was validate all of my parts that were in a shitty mood, just had a shitty week. Okay. I was like, Hey guys, talking to like all my little parts, right? It's like, Hey guys, it makes sense to me why you're having a, a rough week. If you need to have another shitty day, if you need to be in a bad mood again today, I totally get it. Have another day if you need it. I love you regardless. I don't need you to smile for me. I don't need you to do or be anything different. That was it. Like that to me, that's a sign of growth and healing, not never feeling that way again. Does that make sense? That's so true for like dating as well. Just that or that's what it reminded me of, you know, everyone's on their best behavior at first. And it's so easy to like have this 
ideal image or idealistic image of someone and like romanticize them but then yeah it's like how are you when you're in a bad mood or how do you deal with anger or whatever emotion or difficult you know life moments yeah life it's life like it's never not gonna be life unless you're dead (laughs) period (laughs) your next ig quote (laughs) that's it for me right it's like that's the mindset for me is coming to it from a place of I get to experience all of the things that make this life life and I'm not doing this because I am broken I'm doing this because I get to continue being reminded of my wholeness like I I don't know and it's 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 a very personal and kind of unique, like you, everyone gets to define that for themselves. But like this for me, my mindset is like, of course there's more work to do. It's why I'm here. Like I, this is my, I have chosen this path for the rest of my life. I will be on this path. I will always be coaching. Like I will always be coaching clients, but I will always be in coaching. I will always have a coach. I will always be working with a therapist. I will always be, learning and evolving and growing because that to me is the point of my life that doesn't mean it's the only thing but like I'm never not going to be in the work I don't have this idea of a fixed date where I because I'm not doing it to fix anything I'm just doing it to continue connecting more and more to myself and understanding these parts of me and like I can't wait to see who and I, I'll have to read a poem for this to make sense in a minute, but I can't wait to see who shows up at the door tomorrow. And that's a kind of a, I don't know if the word is a metaphor, but like that's based off of one of my favorite poems by Rumi. It's called The Guest House. Have you read it before? No. Okay, I have to pull it up. It is one of my favorites and it's such a good kind of like way to close the conversation. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably he may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Obsessed, I love this. That's like exactly what you were saying about the different parts and like, hey guys. Right, like who is here? I can handle it. I can't wait to make you a cup of tea. Sit down, talk to me. Like I will be, that. that is what the rest of my life will look like. And I love that as a prompt, as a journal prompt, like, okay, who's here today? Like what's on my heart today show me what i need to see like what a beautiful way to be with yourself and talk to yourself and allow yourself to have any emotion not just the happy ones but Mm -hmm. any of them there there's wisdom in every single one yeah i love that this has been an amazing episode like i'm blown away there's so many like nuggets in this so thank you so much um you're so welcome 
Yeah, all your links will be down below if anyone's interested. And in... are you accepting new yeah. clients? Okay, yes, hit her up, y'all. Depending, yeah, depending on when this goes live, I may or may not have a group opening, but I'm always taking private clients, one-on-one -on -one clients. Um, you can book just a single kind of standalone 90-minute deep dive to explore some inner child work, or we can kind of talk about something longer term. Obviously, the, the challenge is free and a resource for anyone who wants to explore that on their own beforehand just to get familiar with it um but this is this is my life's work so whoever feels the call or is at least a little bit curious i would love to connect and see where where your next step might be yeah keep it up you're doing amazing work thank you i appreciate it and no pun intended having me on the podcast this was awesome yeah. thank you Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Again, don't forget to share if you were impacted by this podcast. Let me know if you have any additional thoughts in a comment or in an IG message. And let me know who I should have on next. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will talk to you next week.